Welcome everyone into the Everyday Experience Podcast, the show called It's Probably You. I'm your host, LDP, and today I've got Jesus back on the microphone. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm good, buddy. Good, good to be back. We've had so much going on, and it's been a lot of fun. The guests have been fantastic. Shout Incredible. out to all of them. A um, lot of uh, double guests uh, yeah, this like, season, yeah, which yeah. is cool. It's nice. I like that. Yeah. Like it's interesting balancing the audio. I know. I was going to say yeah. for you, yeah, for you, it's, uh, yeah, you, that's a challenge because I, I see how it comes out and how it reads out. Yeah, I just haven't had to do it as much, so yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I can't just use the same thing because usually I'll take like a a part of the audio of one of them and use that to be like okay remove this background from the rest yeah but with three mics that doesn't work as well for some reason so yeah. it was kind of fun figuring that out oh it, try, it's not as hard like i'm making it seem like it's like oh my god I forgot but everything. try interviewing three like two people yeah that yeah, yeah there's a lot of but i'll say like that's the beauty of what we've done here what we've built though is like we get to have fun with all these interesting people but it is the back-end work and it really is work and we are sipping on four brewery I forgot the name of this particular beer. Eight four eighteen forty nine is what it's called. Eighteen forty nine. It's called eighteen forty nine. Cool. I like that, and it's got like the whole little pioneer thing going on in the background. Nice. I like it. It's a yeah. little bit different. But today, what we wanted to do was focus our energy on communication, and a very important question that I have for you. Okay, hit me. How's your digital communication? Uh, horrible. <laughs> so that's what we're gonna. That's like what we're gonna preference with as we get started with the overall season. But I'm just thinking back to some of the guests that we've had so far, and it was really cool. And what made me think about it was we went and we just had Lorena Lay on the episode. Amazing episode. Amazing human being. And then we got to go see her perform at the Main Street Art Festival. Awesome. I, so like that's where things kind of come full circle for me. Um, when the guests bring things, you know me, I'm like, I'm a sucker for food. So Chef Jess, she brought like the charcuterie board and like the fruit and everything. I remember when, um, when we had Diction on and she brought like a whole thing of like dumplings for me. Damn. And it's just like, you know, like not to brag, but we have amazing guests that come on to the show that hook us up. Shout out to Dixia. Shout out to Chef Jess. But as I was thinking through some of the things that have been said... One of the like most common things that I keep getting from a lot of individuals is the fact that at the end of the day, communication is so important and it doesn't really matter what you do. It doesn't matter like what field you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of work you do. If you have to communicate with other people and you've got to spread your message, you've got to be able to do that in a way that is really clear, concise especially if there's any businesses that you're working alongside of. Yeah. The concise parts where I struggle. It's hard. Yeah. It really is difficult. And especially because people like me, when I get nervous, I talk. So it's like, yeah. I fill in silence with more and more conversation. It just, yeah. Because, and that's why you asked if I'm good at digital. No, I'm not because I like to avoid <laughs> responding for weeks. And then I'll, I'll be like, Oh no, I got to make up for it. And I'll send a giant paragraph. You yeah. Know? And then you send, then you have to like, feel like you overcompensate at that point in time. Well, there's one thing that I want to make sure before we get too deep into this episode. We've got podcast and PBR 2.0. It is coming back, everyone. So we hope that you can come and meet us at the Coliseum in the Stockyard. So the Cowtown Coliseum has been remodeled. And you will catch us there May 10th, starting at 6 o'clock. Come out and party with us. It's going to be a good time? It's going to be a fantastic time. I've actually taken some time so that I can make sure that I am ready for that 
camera, everything's geared up and ready to go. So knowing that communication is extremely valuable, knowing that communication is extremely important. We got stuck in this little thing called lockdown for a Mm -hmm. little bit. And I feel like some of the etiquette associated with communication shifted. I felt like it kind of moved, shifted. That might just be me. I feel like now that I'm kind of going back into the office, but I'm still working from home at times, we still get caught up in digital communication. And it's not even at work. I'm even talking about conversations with friends. So I found something that made me want to dive into this with you. You know I love lists. If you listen to the show, you know I love lists. There's going to be a list at least once every single season. 10 digital miscommunications and how to avoid them. So I'm going to take you through all 10. Quick hit, but I want your immediate like response when I tell you it and then I'll give you a little excerpt from the article but this is from Harvard Business Review and it kind of talks about like hey we went through COVID blah 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 and then they did a bunch of research to kind of see like okay how has communication adjusted since you know we've kind of came out of that can I can I jump in with the the one that annoys me the annoyed me the most when it first started happening Mm -hmm. where like it in an office um People know, they could see when you're busy or when you're speaking. So they know that if they ask you a question, they're not going to get an immediate response. And I feel like when we went all digital for a while, like if someone messaged you and you didn't respond right away, they'd be like, hello, like, hey, like, what's going on? It's like, dude, like I'm busy. Yeah. I'll get to the call when I can. Yeah. That and them expecting you to respond at any time of the day. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, like, come that's on. not it for me. Yeah, come on. Like you got to respect my schedule. This one right here already annoys me and it's uh add emojis but proceed with caution so what they say emojis can help us express tone meaning and emotional cues so if someone adds a winky face it can undermine your professionalism uh it's best to wait until you have an idea of how the other person will receive emojis before sending a slew of smiley faces so this is in the workplace dealing with other co-workers what's your take on emojis um, if you're dealing with coworkers, that's good advice. Keep it. Don't put anything excessive because you never know how people are going to take an emoji too. Yeah. Like, which sounds weird to say out loud, but like a winky face could could be taken the wrong way. <laughs> that's you know what exactly. I mean? That was one of the first things that I thought of. But also, it's just like for me, I don't really send a lot of emojis to just like my friends in general. So like, why would I just immediately start doing it at work? I, I do have a couple that I love and I use all the time. Like the <laughs> eyes that are kind of like you know looking. I love using that one. Uh, I love using the one where the person has like the face. Uh, you can't see me obviously in the podcast, <laughs> but where it's like that, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that yeah, kind of face. Yeah, the scrunch uh, face. But at work, I, I for coworkers that I would talk to and like friendly, we would use emojis for anyone outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. I would wait to see if they use emojis, and then never with customers. Yeah, because the customer ones you can't. No, you don't know what they're gonna do. No, that's the thing. I think it's really situational. I think you have to really have a relationship with someone. But I'm more of the like reply to a message with a thumbs up, maybe with a maybe with a smiley face. Mm-hmm. That's about it, though. I, as soon as I read when I read through this the first time and I got to that one, I had like stepped on a soapbox for a little bit because I was just like, that's so annoying. Number two, realize typos send a message. Typos reveal that we were in a rush or heightened emotional state when we hit send. 
That's a problem because I just I'm really bad at spelling and have a lot of typos in a yeah. lot of the stuff I send. Yeah. So what they say is even if you're in a rush, it's best to spend those extra two minutes proofreading your work, or better yet, read it out loud to catch any typos your eyes quickly skip over when reading it in your head. Reading out loud is how I fix it for myself, mm-hmm. but um, I just have a lot of typos. Thank yeah. God for autocorrect and all that stuff. Oh but now my, God, my autocorrect too. gets everything wrong sometimes, like because I <laughs> oh, use the Spanish okay. keyboard, so it'll autocorrect into like a Spanish word, yeah, and it'll mess up the sentence or whatever. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, man. Can no. I say something though when it comes to cause when it comes to typos? Like seriously speaking, I'll just sometimes I'll look at that and I'll be like. Did you just not care about what you were saying to me? Because on the opposite spectrum, I'm the person who will write the email, edit the email, look at the email again, send the email, and then look at the email after it's already been sent to see if I have to pull it back. That's oh, no. how that, I that's am. That's too much. You, you know what I'm doing now, Lance, when I'm sending emails to people? Huh. Like, you know, I'm professional because, you know, that... But uh, I don't know if you've been messing with any of the AI stuff, ChatGPT oh, and all I that. Not, I, I Dude, not uh, it. I'm obsessed. I use it every day for everything. Yeah. And now when I'm sending like an email, I'll be like, hey, did I mess up on the like the structure here, the spelling or anything? And they'll be like, yeah, change this word or do this. Or like it'll just correct yeah. it for me. Copy and paste it back to my email. Done. I feel Perfect. like we could do a, with this being about communication, I feel like we could do a whole episode about, because I have not used Dude, it. I, I haven't upset. even. I haven't even touched it i almost want to pay for the monthly subscription <laughs> you don't need to it's all free or whatever yeah, but yeah. You, there's a paid one where you're so what do you actually get if you get the paid one uh it's just 20 bucks a month and all it does is that um, just 20 bucks a month for, for the amount of stuff that i use that thing that's for, less than netflix no nah, i'm like all right i would that's rather like, get, that's, like, that's up there with netflix depending dude, on the description this could be a whole podcast on itself you could see me nerding out i this see really AI stuff is the best and everyone like on tv i see everyone like making this crazy thing about like oh it's doing this and it's like no no it's the best tool if i could invest in this company like if i could put money into them if they were like uh, if they had stock i would yeah. do it because yeah. when i the first day i used it i'm like this is it this yeah. is gonna be it's not some gimmicky thing like some of the other stuff i play with where i'm like this is cool but it, like yeah. the siri and, and google yeah. voice they're cool well siri so, ain't even all that i know <laughs> they're cool but like yeah. you're like okay it messes up every sentence i do yeah that ai thing nails it okay. everything Dude, it, the amount of time it could save you in your workflows for you, Lance. Yeah. I'll give you an example of something I was doing. Yeah. Right now, I'm creating lessons um, so I can have a little showcase of my skills and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, man, I don't know what kind of lesson to make. Like, I don't want to want to do, right? So what do I do? I go to ChatGPT and start talking to it. And I'm like, hey, give me a, a plan for creating a lesson about creating sourdough bread. And it's like, hey, this is the modules you can use. Here's what your introduction could be. This is what I think chapter one should be about what tools you use. Chapter two should be about oh, wow. how you do this, right? Boom. You're like, okay, cool. I know how to do that. Yeah. Then you're like, you know what? Could you elaborate on that second one for me? Sure. Here's how I would write the paragraph for it. Writes it out for you. And again, this is where people mess up. And, and I'm sorry for derailing. No, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's about communication. This yeah, is what yeah. the season's about. People try to be like, oh, that's going to replace my work. I could just do that. Copy and paste it. Mm-hmm. That's not what it does. It, it is not smart enough to replace. It doesn't know if it's right or wrong. It just, it just tells you what it thinks. Yeah, yeah, it just gives you it. So you're using it to build the structure quickly so that you then can bring your expertise to fix it and correct it and do it. Yes. Another thing, I am really good at creating stuff, like when I know what to create or when I need to edit something. Yeah. But I'm really bad at the design of like the colors and what to look at. Right? That's, a, that's stuff I love. So, <laughs> so Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so, so what, so what do I do for my Saturday lesson? Hey, I'm creating a lesson about sourdough yeah. and I need a color scheme. What colors could I do? 
It's like, well, you know what? A beige would look really well if you're doing something about food. Beige or ivory pair really well with that. Yeah. You can also use these. Boom. Hey, I'm going to use ivory as uh, my background. What color should I make the text and maybe some of the accent colors? What? And it gives me the codes. Like, hey, these are the colors. Oh, the and I love text. I love when you can actually get the color codes. Yeah. I love that. Boom. And just gives me the codes. It's like, these colors here will work well. This is kind of like the feeling they invoke, so see if they look good on them. And you're just constantly just talk. I literally keep it up like a chat thing, and I talk to it all day, Lance. Commu- oh, communication, yeah, yeah. It, it All day long, when I, like, instead of Googling stuff now, I go to that and I talk to it. The flaw to it is it only has data from 2021 and before. Okay. So it doesn't have recent stuff. Okay. So that so you can't be like, who did the bills draft yeah. today or whatever? Which it, I can't wait to find out. Yeah. It won't it won't know that kind of stuff. But yeah. for everything else, dude, game changer. I honestly think that people that know how to work with that AI, that's the next like, do you know Excel? Yeah. Like, because you know in the that's corporate be, world, if you oh, know you Excel, know that there's a lot of people that are already hiring for it right now. Dude, and speaking of Excel, yeah. hey, could you give me a formula that does this in Excel? Boom, it gives you, tells you what to do in Excel. See, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it, dude. So maybe, I, okay, maybe, I, maybe I'll pull. Is it, I maybe I might pull it up. I might pull. Last it up. one after this, I want to show you. Yeah. I also use the AI for the pictures, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, I need sourdough. So I go and I'm like, this is a different program. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not ChatGPT, but the other one, I'm like, hey, give me a picture of sourdough where it's shaped like a book and it's open and it has the pages that are the recipes. Boom, it gives me a picture of sourdough and the, and, and the pictures and stuff like that. And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. It just generates whatever I'm thinking so that I can put that picture in my into lessons. Your, into your lesson. And it's awesome. Now, do not use that in the corporate world yet because a lot of the AI is trained on material that may be copyrighted, so yep. you don't want to get in trouble. But when you're trying your to personal, just show... your own creative yeah, stuff. Or yeah. you're trying to show someone, like, you hire me, and you're like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. I can quickly draft something to show you this is where I'm this going, is, and, this is what and it we're looks on like. the same page right away. Yeah. Dude, I love it, dude. And yeah. I talk to that thing like a friend. Last thing, this is how embarrassing <laughs> the communication is. I love dude, this. Dude, this is how embarrassing this thing is. I, I gave him my resume, and I'm like, hey, fix this up. And it gave me this great advice on my resume. We're, we're, we're talking back and forth. Yeah. And then at the end, tell me why. I told my wife this. She's like, oh, my God, embarrassing. But the final paragraph was like, hey, you have a really great resume. Like, you should feel proud and you, you, blah, 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 blah. And just gave me this encouraging thing. And it gave me a weird <laughs> feeling of like, like, hey, thanks. Because I was feeling like, you know, my resume, like, I get imposter syndrome a lot. So yeah. just getting that weird sentence of like, hey, it believing in me, gave yeah. me like a weird warm fuzzy. And that's when it clicked on me of like, damn, like, this thing is going to be crazy. Like, yeah. when they start building this into stuff, this thing's going to be wild. I, you're not and the I only person, you're not wait. the only person that I know. I've got another friend who has definitely been like trying to get the AI to like manifest and think about things on their own. People are going a little bit wild with it, but it actually fits. It fits perfectly into this because guess what? The next like miscommunication is emotionally proofreading your own messages. Nailed it! Look at that. Let us it right into like, it. <laughs> that's, I, so like, I'm thinking about it from like me literally just talking about how like I send something out and I just have to look at it a thousand times. I was never like that, but in a corporate setting, I just feel like I have to make sure that we get this out. Or when I'm sending things to guests that we have, I don't want to send something to a guest and have them be like. Oh, why? oh, he didn't even care. He didn't even pay attention to what he was sending out. So I do take that really serious. But now thinking about, oh, I guess I could just send this to AI and have them do it for me. <laughs> yeah, but that's the weird thing. Because let's say you send me that AI thing. The AI writes it out. It gives you a perfect email. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes the emails are too long or I, I, I don't want to read them. So I yeah. get my AI to summarize your email mm-hmm. that you sent to me. Mm-hmm. So now my AI is rewriting that. So where's the emotion coming from? Like, it's just AIs talking to each other at that point. Yeah. Like telling... You kind of pull, but you you are pulling the human element out of it. And yeah. I am going to try to say this person's name. I am sorry. 
Brian Featherstonehall, the worldwide chief talent officer at the Ogilvy Group, mm-hmm. told us that he frequently asked employees if they have ever successfully diffused an emotional issue via email. The answer is inevitably no. Yeah, so you, it's basically what it's saying is you can't. So in your scenario, though, could you use technology to make sure that what you're stating is correct and to kind of remove yourself emotionally from the situation so that you just get what you need to get out? We were just talking about being concise, right? Yeah. Is that a way to be concise with what you're trying to say? Yes, if their AI is reading it back to them. No, if it's you send me that email and I read it because humans will always look at those words and apply feelings to and it. That's, what, that's, that's why what, emails don't work when you when it's heated because you. you'll send me something that's very normal, like "Hey, I need you to do this." Period. Yeah, I'm already heated. I see that, and I'm like, "You're saying I wasn't gonna do it? Like, why did you put a period?" And like, you <laughs> add this emotion to it. Yeah. That's a bad example because I'd probably no, but that's, like well, that. but that's legit. But, that but that's how people yeah. work themselves up, and and even though you didn't mean it like that, yeah. right? You could have just been friendly sending me that thing. Yeah. The person reading it is applying their own emotion to it, and that could change the... the that changes the whole entire yeah. context of what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. And at that point, now it's not about the messenger or the message. It's about your state of mind. Yeah. Like, we've kind of pulled ourselves away from just understanding what was trying to be said to you. And I love how you said, what's that period? Punctuation marks Little matter punctuation. even more for one word or very short sentences. This I I, I love Harvard Business Review. Yeah. This is why I like scour them for the stuff. But punctuation, this number four, punctuation marks matter even more for one word or very short sentences. Dude, every single person my age or younger in the corporate world that I've worked with replaced periods with exclamation marks. A period means something's wrong. You're upset. Yeah. It's a bad. Yeah. Like a fighting phone exclamation mark is like, hey, I'm buzzing, I'm talking, we're I'm all good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong here. Yeah. Or if they use a period, they put an emoji right after it. And it's so just weird. You, yeah. you hit this right on the head. Responding okay, period. Yep. There you go. Can come across as more negative than just okay without a period. Yep. Adding a period adds a finality to your statement and heightens the negative emotion. It can communicate this conversation is over rather than okay, sure. We're in agreement. Yeah. So you hit it right on the head. I think that's hilarious. But I also do look at punctuation and I try to utilize it. The thing that annoys me the most is when I'm reading a sentence from someone and it's just all periods. And like, no, there's like no exclamation point. There's like no, there's just nothing. There's no like, there's nothing to the conversation. There's nothing to it. There's no pauses. It's just like these run on sentences, no commas. I don't know what it is about it. I just it just bothers me so much. And I'm not someone who's like really huge on grammar to the point where like I feel like I know a lot about it. But I feel like the way that you articulate your words, you I I want people to read what I wrote like I was thinking it. Mm. So that's where I feel like punctuate I feel like under like punctuation is completely undervalued. That's what I'm gonna put out there. Punctuation, very much an undervalued skill. And an undervalue tool that we don't use it enough. For number five, use richer communication channels when you're first getting to know each other. So we're most likely to interpret ambiguity as negative when we're texting or emailing with people we don't know well or with more senior colleagues. So what they're saying is when your email to the editor could have been better, 
Oh, so they actually let me let me kind of give it to you what they say. So say Liz emails Molly, whom she knows very well. She says your email to the editor could have been better. Molly will take the email at face value because she already knows her. But if Molly receives the same email from her boss or a new colleague, she may feel anxious and think that her email was egregious, that she'll never be allowed to email that person again. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, That's wild. Yeah. But when, when you say it out loud, that makes a lot of sense. But it's, it's like the weight that some of these communications carry. I have seen people bury themselves in an organization with a single email. Or with over communicating. Oh yeah, that's a big one. That the, is the one. Communicating is like the over communication. Message more. Message once more. once you start to once you start to take your message and you're repeating it for like the sixth or seventh time, the same exact thing. Yeah, I I, my, I start to tune out. Me personally, I'm I'm starting to tune out. I don't I do not like being overwhelmed with the same piece of information. Yeah, I, I can't deal with it. Um, but have you ever been in a situation where you've gotten a message from someone at like a, um, a senior executive or like a leader inside of your organization that's not your direct and just been like, am I fired? Like what the hell? Like, oh, like, all the time. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> what is I, this? I'm paranoid by nature. So if someone emails me and they, they tell me like a simple task, it freaks me out. I was like, oh my God. And then I'll talk to them the next day and they'll be like, hey, what's up? Like, and and you, freak, like oh. you were freaking out for yeah. the whole time? I made up. They... When I took um, this thing called Crucial Conversations, I took like a yes, certification. Yes. Uh, one of the big lessons of that is like people make stories in their head, right? Yes. Like you make a story and that's what happens. I get an email from someone I don't know. Yeah. And instead of just reading it, that's what the email said. Yeah, this is what it means. Value, yeah. yeah. My brain makes up a story. They said this because of this and they're mad because of this and this. And you're making up a story that isn't true. You're putting all this effort and time and worry into something that may or may not be true. Yeah. So you just read it at face value. You wait. You interact with them. And you find out what the true message was or whatever. But yeah. hard, easier said than done. You know? No, it really is. And I think that sometimes we lean too heavily into the narrative we tell ourselves. Yeah. I'm reading um, The Red Thread. And the way that she describes communication and telling a story is... You want to try to fill in the gaps for people because people do tell a story. So when you're trying to pitch an idea or you're trying to showcase like here's what my business is about, my podcast is about, my art is about, you want to shorten the time between your message and them taking action. And the best way to do that is to kind of navigate the story and not allow them to fill too much of it on their own. You want to navigate where that story goes. I yeah. love. I'm really enjoying this book. All right, I'm like so torn on this. I'm kind of leaning more into it now, but default to video in general when you can. That's number six. So a good way to avoid miscommunication again. We're reading the article from Harvard Business Review, 10 Digital Miscommunications and How to Avoid Them. And yeah, number six, default to video in general. And it says studies show that around 65% of communication is nonverbal. We've already kind of talked about that. So when you're not on video, you're missing emotional cues that come from facial expression and body language. Um, I'm on the fence on this one because I think people think video replaces in person. Like, Because I don't think with video you can't... I think the benefit of video is that you kind of force the other person to pay attention. Yes, me too. But, but nowadays people are so good at just like, mm-hmm, but they have another screen above what they're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't even know. Um, so it, it does have like a slight benefit that you're putting them on the spot. They can't be doing something else, hopefully, right? But it... it 
I don't know if it's just me, but I still can't read that person's body language or like cues the yeah. way I could if I was there in person. Yeah. So at that point, it could have just been a phone call. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. And at one point, I became the king of multitasking and I had to like catch myself because I would be in a meeting on camera still working. Mm. And I would be in an hour meeting here, work. I'd be in another meeting, work. So it's like at no point in time did I ever like... Just like sit there and just enjoy the moment. I always found an excuse to be doing something, even if I was on camera. So like, I know if I'm doing that, I can't be the only person. Yeah, and, and not only that, but people will do like one on one. Okay, maybe three people, maybe four people. When there's like a hundred people on camera, like it's the same thing as a phone call. Like, yeah, only the person speaking should be on camera because everyone else, it's like it's sensory overload. Cause it's a distraction. Yeah, you're constantly looking yeah. at every other little square, like who's doing what, who's yeah. eating what. Like, well, like so. I like what you said that, right? So in a corporate setting, I don't really want everyone to be on camera when one person's presenting. But I'm thinking about like the yoga teaching classes that we did. And even the stuff that I'm doing right now with anatomy, shout out to Stacy and Dave for the yoga project. But even the stuff that I'm doing right now with like anatomy and everything, um, when we're on camera, there's students on camera, so like even though Stacy or Dave is like giving the lecture or whatever, we all chime in and we're having that conversation all together. But when it's time for her to like demonstrate something in the anatomy, um, like the illustrations things that she has, we're all gone and we just see her. That should be the norm. Like we should yeah. make that more of the norm. I like that there's no other distractions. I could pay close attention to what she's actually doing. Yeah. Okay. So this says communicate. Your level of urgency in Slack. So this is number seven. And I think that they're just saying any messaging tool. And they say, don't get us wrong. We love how informal Slack is. But it is by far the easiest form of digital communication to fire out a not very thought through message. You're just a quick message away from asking someone, can you just give this a quick glance? Or could you add your ideas to this document by sending these messages? Though you're dumping work on other people. And even though, it, so I get what they're saying. So even though it feels like you're just putting something simple out there, you could be dumping work on someone and not thinking through it. But I think that, that that's not just a Slack thing. I feel like that could happen yeah, with any anything. platform. I, I think the bigger problem with Slack and corporate is that it makes it too easy to chat like if you were chatting to friends. That's because what I think everyone in, in Slack is just memes or pictures yep. or Things like that, yep. right? I, I, the only time it's different, it's, you know, they can create the channels and some of the channels are a little bit more professional. Yeah. But everyone I know, like when you're IMing someone, it's always like pictures or memes or, or GIFs that they put or things like that. So yeah. it kind of deludes the like professional talk, which isn't bad. Like if you're talking to your coworkers who are your buddies, you know, yeah. it's like after a meeting, you'd be like, oh, that was a weird meeting. But it depends on who has access to it. Yeah. I think what happens is people in, in a corporate setting don't always look and see Who's on the email? Who's in the chat? That's a big one. I was going to say, like, sometimes people put stuff on my like, dude, like, the company sees this. You know? That's what I'm saying. You don't know who's, like, monitoring it. You also don't know, like, a lot of chats that I've been a part of when I've been a manager. My boss is in the chat. They yeah. might not ever communicate inside the chat, but they have, they're in it if, in case that there's a message that they want to send or there's something that they want to contribute to the organization or to what we're talking about. So just be careful, people. Be careful. But number eight. Don't panic. If, if, <laughs> I've been loving this list. If an email makes you enraged, anxious, or euphoric, wait until the next day to write back. No, I'm just sending it to my AI. Let, <laughs> let my AI handle it. But they say, here's another cue. Even better, 
talk face to face when you've calmed down. Once you've calmed down, you'll be able to better articulate your emotions and the needs behind your emotions rather than just your immediate reactions. I am the king of who the F are you talking to? Or per my last email. Yeah. Oh, so like, 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 so like, although I was thinking who the F are you talking to? What I came up with is per my last That's the email. charge, right? If you get something that starts with per my email or whatever, or, or per my previous, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> but I do like this, though, because when I think about how I sometimes react to communication, the issue with me is you can tell immediately how I feel about something. I have no poker face whatsoever. If I absolutely have to, I go into certain environments with the poker face already on ready to just kind of be a fly on the wall and interject where necessary. But if I'm in, if I'm ever caught off guard, you're going to see it written all over my face. So I have had to be the person who's like read an email and had to go take a lap because mm. I'm like, this individual has no idea that I want to like rip them a new one for every little thing that I know that they've ever done wrong. So I don't know if you ever feel that way when you get an email and you're just like, oh, no, you're talking to the wrong person. But I don't know. You seem like you react to things a little bit differently than I do. Uh, I mean, I just assume the worst at all times. And, you know, <laughs> always assume yeah. the worst. so I always apologize way more than I need to. And I just freak out that something's wrong or whatever. But nine times out of ten, it's a simple like miscommunication of like I made up the story in my head. They were cool. It, w- it wasn't an issue. So Yeah. So. The next two are kind of go hand in hand, but mm-hmm. I, I like number nine. I like both of these a lot, but number nine. Double hit. Avoid emails when you need a yes. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, Disagree. Because oh, I, okay. a lot of the time, I want it written down. Like, if it's something where, like, I don't feel comfortable or I want to make sure I understood, mm-hmm. I send an email and I say, hey, I understood that this is what I'm supposed to do. You want me to do X, Y, and Z. Is that correct? Is that, or whatever I ordered yeah. Because I want the written down yes. So that later if something went wrong or there was yeah. a miscommunication, I have that little like, hey, yeah. I asked, this is what you said. So I do it the opposite way. And this is what it says. As in-person requests, and, oh, sorry. In, an in-person request is more than 30 times more successful than an emailed one. Research shows people see email ask as untrustworthy and non-urgent. If you do enter into an email negotiation, it helps the first smooth in person over video chat or on the phone so i think this might be a little bit more of um you know you need to get something done and only one person in the organization knows how to do it so you might if you don't know them very well or you know them really well and you know that they might be a little overloaded but you still need this to get done i like going to people directly i am the king of like i need i want to message you i need this done okay cool hey can i stop by your desk Okay, let's go to the let's go get this done. Let's go to the area. Let's go make this happen. But you know how I'm like immediate. My my boss actually told me today that I'm relentless. And I was like, you j- it's it's been a year. You just now figured this out that I <laughs> that I don't give up. What you, like how are you just now finding that out? I thought you would have already known that. And then the last one is don't send emails or Slack messages or team messages during off hours if oh, it's yeah. not urgent even urgent might like, drop unless the building's on fire and like they <laughs> needed something like because once you send it there's people like me who 
<laughs> cannot turn off your brain. And if I see that email come in, yep. it's 8 p.m., yep. I'm trying to chill with my family, I will read that email. Yes. And even if you're like, oh, don't read this till tomorrow, yep. do you have to do it? Why are you putting that stress? Yes. So a lot of people are, well, now it's easier because now we have the iPhone focuses. Yeah. So you could be like, hey, I turn off. I love my focus modes. Like after this hour, I don't want any emails from this yep. or whatever, which is great. Yep. But, but, you know, back in the day, you didn't have that. So it was, it was, I'm a big fan of that. Just don't send it. Yeah, my focus, I have a work focus that literally pops up a, a picture of my daughter. Uh, so that's like my screen on both sides. So I have a picture of my daughter. I have like uh, Dow Jones, things that are happening in the stock market and news because of what I do for a living. Um, and I have it so that like my wife, my mother, and my father can get a hold of me if something were to happen. Those are like the only people that can get in contact with me throughout the course of the day. And if they send me a text message, I don't get any. I don't get anything that shows a text message. Obviously, my messages I can still see the alert, but it doesn't notify me of any of that. And so I have it. I've, I'm a machine. I have my focus modes running from 8:30 a.m. to 6:15 ish. Then it goes into what I like to call like my minimal one and for like two, three hours. Then it goes into my mindfulness one that goes until 830 the next day. Nice. <laughs> and then on the weekends, it's just I have it set for like creative. So for the whole weekend, all I've got is my creative apps up. So like Procreate, um, the bear app that we use for all of our podcast notes and, and sharing things back and forth. So like, that's all that's up. That's dope. Oh, this was a lot of fun. That was a nice short 33 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 34 minutes. Yeah, that was good. It was a lot of fun. Oh, man. I've been loving this communication. I think that this has been such a fun topic to tap into. So you're going to get a little bit more of us as we get a few more guests put together. Plus, we've got some events coming up. You're, I'm excited. You, you guys are going to get some fun from us. Be on the lookout for some Instagram polls because I want to get you involved on one of the episodes here soon. Anything else for the people before we let them go? Uh, nope. All right. Let me ask my AI. No, 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 don't. Oh, my God. Anyways, with that being said, you know where you can find us on Instagram at it's underscore, probably underscore the letter U, and our website, www.itsprobablyyou.com. And remember, if at any point you feel guilty, it's, it's probably, probably you. you.